Welcome back to another edition of the No Further Comments podcast, a.k.a. the NFC. I'm your co-host, Alex Meacham, and to my left is the talented and always well-informed Glenn Riley. I guess. <laughs> the week of December 5th, yep. 2016. My birthday week. Yeah, how was your birthday? Oh, it was cool. I was lightweight under the weather, so didn't really do much. You got that airborne in your system now, right? Yeah, yeah. Sister brought through some P.F. Chang, so. Oh, that that yeah. always helps. Shout, shout, well, out, shout out to my sister. I'm going to give you a, a, a trick, a little secret with uh, P.F. Chang's. Do you know that they have a secret menu? I don't want to hear this. They do? <laughs> and I order off that secret menu. The black bean chicken. Okay. Next time you go there. I got to write get that, that down. All right. Black bean chicken. I know one of the chefs there, so. Okay. Just drop my name anytime you you know you need to hook up. Will you get a discount? Uh, sometimes. All right. I know right. the managers. I, I've eaten there. Gosh, look, look at look at you, Mister Mister PF Chang Insider. Oh yeah, you get to you get to sit on the horse sometimes. When you come in at, at the at the front. Well, here <laughs> here's the here's the trick. The trick is if you go to restaurants or different places enough, people get hip to it and they give you those gift cards okay. for that particular place. So. A lot of people know I go to lunch at P.F. Chang, so I'll get P.F. Chang gift cards, which makes me go more. So then the managers see me okay. at P.F. Chang's, and sometimes my, my meal's free. Okay. So I've been killing them at P.F. Oh, wow. Chang's for a while. That's crazy. The one in Hyde Park, though. Yeah, yeah. In Rookwood. What, 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 there is no other one. Well, there used to be the one out in um, – actually, I got, I, got, I got something for you. There used to be one out there off Union Center Boulevard. Okay. And they shut it down for, I believe, like a week because – they were cutting lemons. You was getting too many deals. <laughs> they were cutting lemons on the same board that they were cutting the beef and the chicken, and the lemons were sitting there. Okay. And then whoever ate there, you know, between a certain time, got scurvy, got got sick, <laughs> and they they sued. Oh wow! Yeah, they had to shut that one down for a while. So that's where the only Unos is out out there on Union Center now. Yeah, because they used to have one out in uh, Beachmont. Yeah, yeah. And they shut that one down. They shut it down. You know why? Lemons on the table. <laughs> <laughs> That's what shuts everything down. <laughs> Ultimately. <laughs> hey, uh, social media. We talked about that before, and we've got a new Facebook page. We've got a new Facebook page. Would you talk about that, Glenn? Uh, you go to Facebook, and you type in No Further Comments, and you should see our logo. And you should like it if you actually care about us, what one iota. Um, so that will be kind of like your home office if you want to get all the um, podcasts with their – the new one is up when the new one gets up, and that's a good way to follow us. Obviously, we're still on iTunes and uh, SoundCloud, and I assume Stitcher. I don't really know what Stitcher is, but but, but apparently that's where where, where <laughs> podcasts can be found as well. So, and you know what? We're we're finally starting to really pick up some steam with mm-hmm. the podcast with with people reaching out to us that are listening to it. You know, I've sent you a couple messages of people yeah. listening to it, and people out there, if you've got friends, send it to them. Everybody yeah, listen to yeah, it. Yeah, do that. That'd be nice. If, what, what what else do you have to do with your day? <laughs> hey, uh, what what else did you got have going on uh, this this past week and in your birthday weekend? Mm-hmm. I don't do much of nothing. I, I, like I was in the house, <laughs> just chilling. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I was sick, so I mean, it's like you know, you're not gonna, um, you know, plan a a trip to Everest. So I do. There, there, there we have it. Well, at least you got some P.F. Changs, so I'm happy about that. Well, well, one thing. That's Glenn, all I could ask for. Basketball's in full swing. So I am out high school games, 
college games. Got to get out to some NBA games. Okay. Pretty excited about that. I know you're, you're into the pretzels. All, only, only thing I'm trying to check for in, in college right now is, is, is Lonzo Ball. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. Th- that. That cat is clowning. Yeah, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna talk about that. Episode number 16, it's time to play the Jersey game. Let's start off with some hoops, Glenn. Hoops, that's a, that's a bad number. The, the best I got is, is Pal Gasol. Yep. Always wish his name was Paul Gasol. Would, would, would roll off the tongue so much it's So easier, much easier. But, but no, Pal. So, some people call him that anyway. They, and they should. He should just change it. Paul Gasol for, for now on, people. <laughs> got anybody else? Uh, and hoops? Nah, who else is the hoops you got? Bob Lanier. Okay. He was, he was before my time, but but I guess he was good. Middletown legend in Cincinnati Royals, Jerry Lucas. Okay. Yeah, Jerry Lucas was. Uh, did he have that number in college? Not in college. Okay, all right. Because Jerry Lucas was like a genius, right? But he was like like odd because he was a genius. Like he, he had these like math systems he was trying to copyright and just, just just some bizarre stuff. Yeah, that's 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 beyond me. Yeah. Baseball. Mm, the god Dwight Gooden. Hold on, hold on. Hold on a second. Mar- Mario wants to chime in. Okay. It appears we've missed somebody. Uh-oh. So you leave out Peja Stoyakovich? Yes. <laughs> Good job. D- d- yes. Yeah, uh, uh, an all-time great Peja Stoyakovich. Mario, you chimed in for that one? Man, okay. That's why we got him on a pitch count. <laughs> Don't disrespect. Don't ever disrespect the Sacramento King. <laughs> the Sacramento King. All right, baseball. Who do we have, Glenn? Uh, Dwight Gooden. Oh yeah. What can be said about Dwight Gooden? He he was the the best pitcher in in, in all of baseball when he was nineteen. Yeah. And then, um, in short order, took himself out the game with with uh, with, with the fast life. Yep. And we'll leave it at that. <laughs> well, you know, we, we've talked about baseball card collection. I mean, I loved collecting Dwight Gooden cards yeah. and Daryl Strawberry. There were, were two of a kind. Yeah, and both of them ended up oh. getting, getting caught up in that white stuff. Yeah, well, Dwight Gooden, in fairness, um, injured his arm. He probably was he, – he wouldn't have been the pitcher that we projected him to be because basically by 1990 he couldn't – you know, he wasn't moving the fastball like he was doing in like eighty five, eighty six. So mm-hmm. he was kind of a a different player. But had Strawberry stayed clean, I mean, he just would have been, you know, a short shot Hall of Famer. I mean, yeah. he, he's got borderline numbers as it is, I guess. But I mean, he just would have had, you know, a, a seventeen year career of just you know putting up thirty home runs every year. But didn't didn't Stra- uh, Strawberry battle cancer a couple times? Isn't that right? Yeah. He yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's he's had a lot of weird afflictions, but I mean, but but most of the stuff is. Uh, I mean, it's kind of weird to say you you feel less sorry for somebody who's battling stuff like that when you know that their self destructive tendencies have been problematic as well. But you know. Yeah. All right. Football. Football. Um, you start with Joe Montana, arguably the greatest quarterback in, in NFL history. Bobby Mike Drop would definitely agree. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hey, one one thing about Joe Montana, uh-huh. like many people we've talked about on our podcast, he's had three wives. Okay, he goes through them. 
<laughs> but it, it, it's crazy. We, we've talked about so many people on our podcast that have had three wives. Well, if you're a prominent person, you know what I'm saying? You can, it must be weird, like your love life when you can, I want to say you could just have anybody, but you know, like it gets, I think what happens is a cat is like, okay, say I'm Joe Montana. I'm an NFL quarterback. I'm 25 years old and I'm just picking off the top. Who, who's the baddest woman right. in, in my circumference? Okay. This is my girlfriend. This is my wife. And then what happens you're now 39 years old and you're still Joe Montana and you still are the, the, the ish in your world. And your wife is 39 year old woman with now has two of your kids and you can still get on a 25 year old. You know what I'm saying? Right. And you just rinse and repeat. <laughs> and then you get to be 60 and it's like, I'm still Joe Montana. Right. And I'm still killing the game. And you know what I'm saying? I mean, it, it, it just women should just never stop smacking us. Um, All right. Who else you got? Jim Plunkett. Whoa. Yeah. Raiders. Great. Um, drafted by the Patriots really didn't produce them. Um, one Heisman at Stanford. Um, both parents were blind. A lot of people didn't know that. Um, yeah. What? Both of Jim Plunkett's parents were blind. So Jim Plunkett is, is, is a, is a, is a, is a, is a damn hero people. That's crazy. Wait, wait, wait. They were, they were blind. You know, when he was born. Yeah. His father, I think his mom was just straight up blind. His father was going progressively blind. So I guess at some point he could see. I think they were both teachers, or at least his father was. Yeah. It's all, <laughs> there's so many There's so many things you can say about that. a lot of layers to that. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not even going to touch that one. Um, Lynn Dawson. Who's Who, Lynn Dawson? Lynn Dawson, Hall of Fame quarterback for the, the Chiefs. I think he won an AFL title and then won um, Super Bowl four as well. Super Bowl four is kind of considered when thirty one counts to Super Bowl three when the Jets beat the Colts and that showed the AFL was equal. Super Bowl four was kind of even more convincing because like they had a dominant defense and just it wasn't even even close. And um, Lynn Dawson was the quarterback. Lynn Dawson was drafted one pick ahead of Jim Brown. Okay, and apparently, um, Paul Brown wanted to draft Lynn Dawson as opposed to Jim Brown. So, really, there is that. There it is. You got anything else in football? Uh, your boy Andrew Hawkins. Oh yeah, yeah. Plays for you know, play for the Bengals, but now um, Cleveland. Yep. Shortest dude in the league, right? Like five six. Is he really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Super cool though. Yeah. He was in the store. He was in Matt's store one day at corporate. and um, Because he's short? Well, no, you just started talking to him. It's like, I didn't know that, you know what I'm saying? He's an NFL player. You didn't know he played for the Bengals? No, I didn't think he was. He's 5'6". Mm-hmm. So you you don't think he's a, he's an athlete at all. You're just like, oh, he's a cool dude. So wait, wait, you saying you don't think Matt's an athlete? What are you talking about? No, but yeah, so it was like, like you're just having a conversation with a dude, and then Somebody starts talking some Bengals stuff like, oh, the dude I've been having a conversation with for 15 minutes is actually a Bengal. So that was kind of crazy. You say any bad things? Yeah, it's like, man, y'all, y'all, y'all suck this year. <laughs> so, so why don't you tell AJ? <laughs> hey, that's a good segue right into the NFL Week 13 in the AFC East. The Pats are 10-2 and in the AFC North. The Ravens are 7-5. and The Bengals this Sunday 
Glenn's Cincinnati Bengals played Mario's Philadelphia Eagles. And what happens when Glenn's teams play Mario's teams? Mario, he's got his head down. He's not listening. He's not trying to hear this. He's listening. Thoughts on the game, Glenn? Mm. We were um, shorthanded, but um, the Eagles didn't seem to really, really um, want want to play the game. Are they that bad? The Eagles? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, that, that it was. I thought it would be a, a close game, and, and did we have them twenty nine to nothing at some point? I didn't get to see the whole game. It was it was pretty bad. Mario should be ashamed of himself, and and he did not he did not wear the <laughs> uh, the, the the green Eagles. Um, yeah, no fleece attire. today. Yeah. <laughs> hey, so uh, Nugent missed another extra point. I don't think he should be employed today. Because it gets to a point, like, and that that's the thing. I think that's emblematic. You know, people are saying, like, oh, you know, that I don't want Marvin Lewis fired. And this is kind of an example. Like, is there a better kicker than Ted Nugent on the free market? Because the other 32, you know, 31 teams have hired, have a kicker. So it's tough to just say definitively that you can just go out and get one. At the same time, you are letting the problem fester, and you're not being proactive and doing better. And plenty of coaches would have gotten rid of Nugent by now. But it, don't you don't you think? And I, I haven't seen Nugent kick recently. I haven't seen him miss, you know, some of the uh, uh, extra. Point Ted Nugent has had a better year. But here's the thing: can't that be something that he can fix? There has to be something technical he's doing that's not right that he can fix because he, he used to make them correct yeah. so it might just be mental do, but i mean but right but so do you think it's it's something where you just cut them get somebody else or do you think it's something that'll fix itself it should but when you had like three or four weeks of this nonsense then it's kind of like okay like you you have one job literally mike nugent Right. Yeah. So. so I'll ask you the question. I ask this every week, and you kind of said something about this earlier. Uh huh. Do we fire Marvin Lewis? Well, I mean, if, if I didn't think we fire him after a, a, a loss, then I'm not going to be like, oh, yeah, now after a win. But that's what I'm saying. It's, it's, it's emblematic of the organization. Do we settle for good enough or do we strive for greatness? Right. And in the striving for greatness, do we settle like like I think Dalton is the issue more than Marvin because like you don't really see I don't think anybody has a big problem with play calling I don't think people are like oh the Bengals are, are you know messing up making mistakes calling timeouts at the wrong time so I think a lot of people are critical of uh, Marvin's game management mm, I mean I haven't what game did they lose because of something that he did in particular. I mean, I'm I'm not one of those yeah. people that are saying that. I would have to let them speak on that, but I don't watch them enough to speak on that. But I, I hear that a lot when I listen to talk radio. Well, talk radio is talk radio. But uh, I'm just saying with, with um, Dalton, you have like the 12th best quarterback in the league. So it is what it is. So do you – I mean, is this a situation where they need to look at a, another quarterback in the draft moving forward? Because – I mean, you got A.J. McCarron in the background. 
I mean, in heat, Glenn is choking up. You okay? No. <laughs> so, wait, you, you think Dalton is more the problem than Marvin Lewis? Uh, I don't want to say he's the problem, but it's one of those things that, like, every team that wins the Super Bowl has, like, an elite quarterback. And we have, like, the 11th or 12th best quarterback. So you can't, like, get rid of him and think you're going to automatically get a dude that's better because you probably won't. But it is what it is. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to pose that question uh, next week as usual. So I'm sure you'll be prepared. In the AFC South, the Texans are 6-6. Six and six. In the AFC West, Oakland is 10-2. and two. I don't feel like a lot of people are talking about the Raiders. Yeah, I don't know what to make of them either. I mean, I mean they're right there with everybody else. I mean, they're with the Pats. In NFC East, the Cowboys are eleven and one. In the AFC, I'm sorry, in the NFC North, the Lions are eight and four. NFC South, the Falcons are seven and five. The Panthers are four and eight, and Cam Newton didn't show up to the game wearing a tie. That that feels real important, Ron Rivera. So so what was the deal now? Oh, uh, they got a dress code, and he wore a turtleneck as opposed to a shirt with a collar. Henceforth, didn't have a tie on. I mean, do you do you think that that was really the issue? Probably not. Yeah, I, I think they were in California the whole week, and Cam probably did something, and that was kind of like the last straw. But I, I sure that that seems mighty petty. Yeah, because he seems pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, Ron Rivera seems like a. a, a Laid back coach, but I don't know. It's, it's this is the the league MVP you're sitting down for for wearing not right. wearing a tie, and he was dressed formally. It wasn't like he was wearing you know a t shirt, right? Like some like like AI would show up in the uh, in the dude the whole dipset <laughs> dipset outfit. Yeah. So uh, and lastly in the NFC West, the Seahawks are eight and three. I want to segue into college football. We need to talk a little college football with the playoffs. Yeah. Number one, Alabama, plays number four, Washington. Number two, Clemson, plays number three, Ohio State. And it seems that things worked out the way a lot of people wanted them. Maybe not Mario, but a lot of people wanted them to where we'd have a matchup of Alabama versus Ohio State in the championship game. What do you think, Glenn? Oh, well, I mean, Clemson ain't no easy win. Like, I, I don't I don't really like that matchup for him because Deshaun um, Watson – moves the ball so it's gonna be interesting but um we got a puncher's chance so we shall see they're, they're, they're favorites so that's a good thing so i mean do you, is, do you foresee that alabama versus ohio state based on the matchups most likely okay mario, washington ain't no joke either mario you can go ahead and chime in what do you think <coughs> uh i personally go ahead what Personally, uh, I think that the Alabama-Washington matchup is a lot better than people really think. Uh-huh. Um, I, I like I like Clemson over Ohio State. I think I actually think JT Barrett is a better athlete, but I think Deshaun Watson is the better quarterback. If that makes sense to you, okay. Uh, but I think it'll be Alabama-Clemson again. And who would win that? Alabama. Okay, you're calling it. Yeah, I don't, I don't. I get sick of people making that Penn State gripe beat too. Like, you lost twice, and everybody else lost once or no zero. So, mm-hmm. so therein lies why the four teams are in. Right, right. Yeah, that that made absolutely no sense at all. Penn State should they didn't deserve to be in the playoffs yeah. at all. It's just simple math. Like, like 
any team that loses twice shouldn't be in the playoffs, period. Yeah. Well, here's some of the other bowl games just quickly. Florida State versus Michigan in the Orange Bowl. Who do we have there, Mario? Florida State. I like Dalvin Cook. So you, you have Florida State winning that game? Oh, yeah. he's reverse jinxing them. <laughs> you are going against your Michigan Wolverines, Mario? I'm going with logic. They're playing in Florida. Okay. Yeah, Florida State's trash. Florida State's defense was so good the other weekend. Still the best defense I watched for an entire game. USC plays Penn State in the Rose Bowl. Who we got in that? Apparently USC. I haven't rewatched them. Apparently they're just they're just gutting folks now. So. They've been playing very well. I gotta gotta catch a couple of their games here okay. late in the season. Yeah, they've been playing well. Auburn plays Oklahoma in the Sugar Bowl. Any thoughts on that? Nah. Oklahoma. <laughs> Yeah, Oklahoma should win. Okay, Western Michigan undefeated, right? Versus Wisconsin, the Cotton Bowl. See, this is why I have a problem with college football because if Western Michigan wins, suppose they win handily, then are they better? You know what I'm saying? If, if they're undefeated, right? Say Ohio State beats Alabama for the title. Mm-hmm. Western Michigan got to be looking like, hey, one team in America didn't lose this year, right? And it ain't y'all. So, so what needs to be done? Mm, I don't know. You have to figure out a way to get an undefeated team in there, and I don't know how you do that. Maybe play you play a game. Oh, Mario's got thought. Expand to six teams, five from a, a, a top five or a power five conference, <laughs> and then you get one of the best mid majors, or I guess the best mid major, which would this year be Western Michigan. Yeah, but people would always feel like that was kind of a – well, I guess if you don't have a, a undefeated mid-major. Because you need the Cinderella story. Yeah, but I don't know. It's one of those things that so many times that team's got to get blown out. My thing is let them play the top team that didn't get in. So if you rank Penn State fifth, then they play play that undefeated team. Or Michigan fifth, let them play that game. So that you can at least give them a hard enough test that they can legitify their claim. You know what I'm saying? So, hey, we've got Louisville, Louisville versus LSU in the Citrus Bowl. Kentucky versus Georgia Tech in the Tax Slayer Bowl. This is the first bowl game UK's been in in six years and in the drought. Now, Miami-Oxford plays Mississippi State in the St. Pete Bowl. I'm telling you right now, if Miami-Oxford wins that game, which I don't know if they will, but if they win that game. You're headed to Miami for, for, <laughs> for a hell of a time. No, that's one of the great sports stories this year, Miami-Oxford's team. Starting 0-6, okay. go, winning the next six games, winning a bowl game, and have it. They've, I don't think they in the last three years they might have won five games. Okay, I mean, and it all happened from a quarterback switch. So – one of the great stories. So, so the other guy must have been awful. <laughs> no, I don't think he was. I don't think he was awful. He was the problem. He clearly was the problem. Could be. The Gators. My Florida Gators play Iowa in the Outback Bowl, which, whatever. But I want to. I want to. I want to say something about the Gators here. Now, obviously, they got smacked by Alabama, which we all expected. But take your time, brother. <laughs> <laughs> if now Oregon's. Coaching position is open, and they're going to go after PJ Fleck. And if 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 he if that's, they, the, that's the young dude for Western Michigan, correct? Yeah, 
they're they're, they're going to go after him, and, and he'll probably take that job unless something else is out there. But I mean, the money and the resources are are great at Oregon. If they don't get him, I don't know who else they might have in the fold, but they're definitely going to go after Florida's coach McElwain. Okay, and he will take that job. Okay, yep. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with that, and also. In other news, as far as a coaching change, Tommy Tuberville from my Cincinnati Bearcats has stepped down, and he did this yesterday. Because you forced him to. <laughs> I didn't force him to. The fan, the fans were there. Were those clapping right now? The the last Bearcat home game, there might have been seventeen thousand people in the stands, and of those seventeen thousand. I'm here to say probably 15,000 came to that game just to boo Tommy Tuberville. I mean, it, it, it was crazy. So I, I knew he was going to get fired or he had to resign, and he did that after four seasons in which he was 29 and 22. Okay. This pretty much sets it up for what I've been hoping, you're, you're, and that's the potential. That's right. You're, you're Charlie Strong theory. Charlie Strong. Okay. He was relieved of his duty at, at, um, at Texas. Relieved of his duty. <laughs> I think eleven eleven million dollar buyout. How, how many how many of those fans wanted him fired that came his last game? Oh yeah, they they wanted him out. Which he, he can't lose to Kansas. I know that's that's right. That's true. Yeah, but you you know I was I was hoping now I like Charlie and I was hoping he would lose. I was yeah. hoping he would uh, he would get fired from there so he could end up as a Bearcat coach. But here's what a lot of the uh, Bearcat talk is, and and they're going to go after PJ Fleck. But and he's their number one choice. But what I keep telling, if a bigger job's open. Like an Oregon. Yeah, he's got to go there. He's going to take that. Yeah. He's not going to come to UC, period. The other one is um, Western Kentucky's coach, and he just took Purdue's job this morning. That was uh, the, of the top three finalists, and then there's Charlie Strong. Okay. My thing is this. I, I think P.J. Fleck could take the Oregon job unless something crazy happens. I, I think you have to offer Charlie Strong the job right away. Mario, do you agree with that? 110%. I, 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 and, and I, there so are, more than 100. <laughs> percent There, there are a couple things with that with Charlie Strong, and there's some people. You know, I posted something on Facebook about there. There's some people that agree with that, some people that disagree. One of the things I will say about Charlie Strong is he's an excellent recruiter. Okay. And I think for Cincinnati Bearcat football to be successful, you have to lock down the recruiting in this city and in a certain radius. Now, obviously, we've been losing a lot of kids. And Ohio State's going to come and pick kids. We we get that, but there are a lot of kids that have left and gone to other programs. That I believe, if you have a strong recruiter like a Charlie Strong, who has a great name, and he goes in those house, those houses and those homes, and he tells them, "I want you to play for me at the University of Cincinnati." I know personally of a couple kids that would have stayed here locally. Okay, that are going to Michigan State, Louisville. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm specifically talking about certain kids. They would have stayed here. Name names. I can't do that. <laughs> I can't do that. But no, that's that's fact. So if he's able to come here, and here, here's my theory. Here, here's here's what needs to happen, and this is going to make Bearcat football great again. So here's what you do: print up the hat. <laughs> get, the, get the hats going. Here's the deal: hold down Cincinnati. All right, and I'll, I'll, obviously you've got to get kids out of Ohio, but hold down Cincinnati, and then you recruit out of Florida and Texas. Okay. And obviously, that's where he's worked. That's where he's worked, and he's got great relationships with those and coaches. Kentucky. Now, <laughs> and and here's the deal: you don't have to get, you know, 
the the top, no, the top, five, top. The five stars. You just need the threes and the fours. Right. And and then here's the other piece to it. He's got to get in an offensive coordinator who just has that 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 offensive mindset that because he's a defensive guy. Yeah, you know that. But he needs he's a guy that needs good coaches around him. You know, people that are thinking outside the box that are going to do um, I think things that fans want to see. Because I've told you this before when Mark D'Antonio was the coach here. I mean, he was just running the ball. Run it was his boring we were doing well but it was just boring and Cincinnati fans don't want to necessarily see that yeah so we got to we got to air it out and I think if those things happen we need, I, we need to go after Art Browse <laughs> the, the disgraced Art Browse <laughs> no I, I think if that happens I think there, there's going to be um there'll be a huge turnaround in, in Cincinnati Bearcat football and I'm, I'm not saying that we're going to be competing for a national championship every day every you're, not, year. you're not saying that but I just think that, you know, I think that every every season you can say that we're in the discussion for, you know, we we could be in the top ten, okay. and I think that's that's cool to say. Yeah, you know, whether it happens every time or not. But I mean, and, and just think about all the kids, Glenn, that come out of this city and this state. Oh yeah, well, Ohio. That, that's that's one of the main reason Ohio State is such a dominant team year after year is because they're the only. Of the five top high school recruiting states, which is basically Texas, California, Florida, Pennsylvania, and Ohio, Ohio is the only one that has one dominant program. All the other ones are are splitting the babies. You know what I mean? Right. So Florida has three viable teams. Um, California has eight mm-hmm. so of texas so you know that's what you're dealing with right yeah so it'll be interesting man I, I hope charlie strong gets gets hired and i'm gonna tell you one thing if he does get hired i know who his first recruit needs to be who's that his first recruit needs to be a kid out of gainesville high school <coughs> named isaac meacham my nephew homer that's right who he knows he knows my nephew oh sure and that would be great to have another Meacham wearing that Bearcat uniform. For for free. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> and he can wear number 41. That's right. See, I like the way you think, Mario. But he would, you know what, but he wouldn't do that. Because he, he, he hates you. <laughs> no, he doesn't hate me, but he's just. He'll be number 82 because he's twice as good. I think he wears number 18. Okay. That's his, that's his number. Because he loves Daryl Strawberry. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> All right, hey, let's let's move along quickly to college basketball and just talk briefly. I don't want to get too far deep into college uh, basketball because I think when the bowl games are over, we can dive into college basketball a little bit more. But at number one is Villanova. Number two is UCLA and Alonzo Ball. Alonzo Ball. Glenn, you've had a chance to watch him. Yeah, he's wilding out. He's, 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 I know you hated Austin Rivers, so I don't know how much you can you can, you can <laughs> lo- lo- love Lonzo Ball, but Lonzo Ball is 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 oh. is, is Austin Rivers esque as far as a uh, um a uh, uh, arrogant brand of ball. Well, let me let me say this about uh, Austin Rivers. First of all, Austin Rivers got booed in high school by his own student section for being selfish. Oh, to God. the point where he had to transfer schools. Oh yeah, sure. I mean, this is crazy. But but here's the that's thing. not the story I got from Austin. Yeah, but here, here's the thing with Lonzo Ball though. I mean, if you watch the game versus UK, 
I mean, he he passes the basketball. Well, he's leading the country in assists. Yeah. So, yeah, he's, so, so he's not like yeah, he's not like Austin Rivers. Austin he, Rivers was flat out selfish. No, Austin Rivers' game wasn't what did, did what wasn't um, cohesive with with passing. That means selfish. <laughs> I mean, well, what, whatever. That, that's that's his that's his game. I mean, you know, um, Tom Brady's game isn't about running the ball. No one, no one calls him, him, him selfish. And it, most everybody <laughs> that makes no sense. No, it doesn't. Most most everybody says that Austin Rivers is a selfish was a selfish basketball player. I can't speak for the NBA because that's a little bit different. Yeah, I enjoy, enjoyed him nonetheless. By the way, uh, Lonzo Ball has a um, a so gone freestyle challenge um, on, on Twitter. Be sure to check that. Oh out. Lord, yeah. You you listen to it? Yeah, and, is it and better than and, Dame Dillard's? Or Dame Lillard's? Possibly. Especially when you take take in consideration um, his, his age. And another thing about, I, I'm digging about his swag is he's the um, Carrie Kittles of the compression pant. Now, now, see, a lot of people aren't going to know who Carrie Kittles is. You have to. Well, they the can research line. it. Now, Carrie Kittles was a Villanova player most famously known for wearing one sock high mm-hmm. and one sock low. Apparently, Lonzo Ball is wearing. A compression pant, but only one of the the legs is, is 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 compressed. Now, now here's the thing about the the there's the Ball brothers. So there are two more brothers, and they're coming to UCLA. And one, one scored seventy two points last week. <laughs> crazy. And the brothers scored like twenty something, twenty five or something, and, so, yeah. and had a crazy amount of assists. Obviously, he was passing to his brother, but yeah, yeah and the the dad's the, the dad's something else. Hurry's off the hook. Oh yeah, oh yeah. The dad is what you'd probably expect. Well, God, God bless him. You, 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 the, the kids are, are, are headed to the NBA. So, I tell you what they need to do, whether it's the the UCLA game or if if uh, if it just happens to where uh, the the Ball brothers that are in high school, if one of their games is on uh, ESPN, they need to interview the dad during the game. Yeah, I, on I, TV. I heard that's, that, that that that's quite a treat. Oh my God, <laughs> I'm telling you, man, off the hook. He guaranteed. Well, I told you this. He guaranteed UCLA will win a championship in basketball with his kids there. I mean, do they think they're gonna stay? Well, there's no way Lonzo's gonna stay yeah, by the time saying. that all three of them are there. That's but, what I'm saying. It's not like they're, right. they're, It's not like they're the um, who are the who are the brothers that kept going to Duke. Oh, the uh, Plumleys. Yeah, Plumleys. Yeah. yeah. They're it's not like, the Plumley, sir. There's like a hundred of them. It seemed like Lonzo Plumley. Seemed like they just kept coming and coming. All right, at number three is uh, Kansas. Number four is Baylor, who recently beat Xavier. Number five is Duke, and number six is UK. Xavier lost, like I just said. Xavier uh, was in the top. I think they were like number seven at the time when they played when they played Baylor. Xavier's got a pretty good team this year. UC got a really big win versus Iowa State. On the road at Iowa State, which is not an easy place to play, and, and what I loved about this win for the Bearcat Bearcats was they grinded that victory out. In, in so many games in like the past, John Gruden. that's right. Like so many games in the past, UC has lost those close games. In this game, they found a way to grind it out. And what I think is so important about this game for the Bearcat Bearcats is. It happened early in the season, okay, and they can build that confidence. So when you get towards March, these these early games and, and fans sometimes get too worked up. They either get too excited or too down. These games early in the season are just just there to help you prepare for March. When you look at Michigan State, 
Their schedule is ridiculous. Oh, it's crazy. But I guarantee you, when they get when it comes time for March, they'll be tournament tough. Absolutely. And fans need to keep that in mind. And Michigan State to say we're just gonna play the top ten. That's crazy. <laughs> and like, n- not in easy places. Like we're gonna go to California and play a team, and then we're gonna go to like North Carolina, and we're gonna play on a a boat, right? <laughs> like some, some, some nonsense. <laughs> But, you know, uh, it, just really quickly back to the Bearcats, we've had uh, Zach Tobler, the walk-on, on our segment, Walk-Ons Against the World. And I told Zach Tobler that when he gets in the game, he needs to go from my record of seven points. So he need to get eight to beat my record yeah. in a game. It's not going to be easy. And last night, they played Bowling Green, and Zach got in for two minutes. Now, had ample time. And I'm going to tell you what. I had 34 seconds. Yeah. He had two minutes. I'm here to tell you, Tobler was going for the record. Okay. Soon as he got in, he was firing that bad boy up. I mean, he. I mean, just soon as he caught, he drove, missed the layup. Second time, he had a jump shot and he missed it. Third time, he had a three pointer and made it. And believe it or not, in his four year career, that was his first three pointer okay. he's ever made. So I was happy for him. So he got three points and. After the game, he came up and told me, he says, man, I was going for your record. I said, man, it's a lot harder than you think. See, he got 40, he got 40% of the way there. <laughs> now, now, the Bearcats are at Butler this Saturday. So, for the, for the Bearcats, just real quick, they went at Iowa State, tough place to play. They come home, they beat Bowling Green, and they finally did what I've been waiting to see them do offensively. I mean, I think they had, what was it, Mario? It was 85-some points. It was close to 85 points, so close to 90. If they played their starters a little bit longer, they would have 90 points, something they need to do. If they go to Butler and win Saturday, which is a very tough place to play. You ever seen the games at Hinkle Fieldhouse? I mean, it's just... Yeah, yeah, it was a small place, right? Yeah, yeah, Yeah. definitely. If they go and win that game, uh, I'm not saying they're, you know, top 10 or whatever, but I'm telling you what, it's going to be very helpful for them come March. Lookout world is what you're saying. A little bit. So um, we'll get into college basketball a little bit more after the bowl season's over. But just quickly, I want to talk about the NBA real quick. In the East, the Cavs are in first place. The Raptors are in second. Celtics are in third. My Chicago Bulls are in fourth. And the Bucks are in fifth. The last place, Sixers are 4-16. and 16, And Glenn is still trusting the process. Yeah, everyone's injured. <laughs> it's only November. Your and, boy, though. Embiid. Uh-huh. Dominant. MB plays like 20 minutes a game and gets 20 points. Have you ever seen his workout videos? No. Duke can play. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, I mean, you put him and, you know, you get the, the kid in and it's like, yo. And by the way, they're going to get another great pick this year. Yeah. I mean, how, how does this not work? If, every, if everyone's healthy and you get whatever pick they have next year, you get, uh, what's, what's the young boy? Lonzo Ball? No, no. Well, I mean, possibly. <laughs> Imagine that they get Lonzo Ball. They, yeah. they, they are definitely going to be in position to get Lonzo Ball. So you add Lonzo Ball. Who's the number one pick? Which Simmons? Uh, ben Simmons. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And and, and Joel Embiid. Yep. That that's that's a dominant future. Process proven correct. <laughs> In the West, Golden State's at one, the Spurs are at two, the Clippers are at three, the Rockets are at four, OKC's at five. How about Westbrook? Westbrook is now a triple-double machine, and he's doing something that people for years— He's a dancing machine. 
They sit. He's that too. <laughs> Who's the dude that dances with him? I don't know. I don't even. No one knows that dude's name. The the other player, Mario. Do you know that guy's name that does the dances with him? You don't know either. Kevin Durant. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so he's doing something that a lot of people said wouldn't happen, and he he could very well. Yeah. Average a triple double for a season. What was crazy is the season that Oscar did that. There was basically 25 more possessions per game. So, you know, not to take any, anything away from, from, from your good friend, Oscar Robinson, but, but essentially. Um, I touched the basketball yesterday on the way into the game, by the way. It, there's, you, they, they won't allow you interest otherwise. But um, so, so why is there uh, 25 more possessions? Well, there, there were back in that season. That was the year that Wilt averaged 50 and. Um, neither one of them won MVP because Bill Russell won it. But they just played a lot faster-paced ball, and there were just a lot more missed shots in the whole nine. But essentially, anyone averaging eight would have averaged ten in that season. It, it, it was essentially like playing an extra quarter. So it really heightens what Westbrook is doing when you can take that into consideration. Sure. Well, I always have an issue when people – Say that Oscar was the greatest player of all time because of and they cite the that. triple. Yeah, yeah. I always have an issue with that. Well, I mean, what is it? it there are certain uh, like I always say there are are empty calorie players that you know, like um, um, Demarcus Cousins comes to mind of players <laughs> on bad teams that that will put up stats simply because someone has to score. Yeah. So like you you could give any team. The worst team in the league is going to have somebody who's averaging 18 points, and that's not 18 on that team isn't equivalent to 18 on the Warriors. Right. But everyone doesn't see it that way. Right. Yeah. Well, speaking of DeMarcus Cousins, quickly I want to get into the scoring leaders from the NBA. At number one is Anthony Davis at 31.8. At number two, guy we're just talking about, Russell Westbrook. At number three... At 29.1 points a game. Empty calories. DeMarcus Cousins. Respect the king. <laughs> it's only November. Still top 10, no matter if it's December, November, <laughs> January. Oh, so, so, that, so, so it works in, in, in favor. <laughs> he's based, he's the Monte Ellis of centers. That's not true at all. Yeah, because it, it, it's, it's empty calorie points. You're, you're you're putting up big numbers on a on a team that has zero prospects. No no one no one thinks the Kings are going to do anything except find themselves in a lottery next year. That's true. That's true, Mario. Just because people think it don't mean it's true, Mario. You you want you want to you want to make it interesting. Say that the, the Kings will not not will miss the playoffs. I mean, but that's that's well, more of a. I mean, that's. That's tough because it's the West. You know what I mean? It's going to be really the, good. The West, the this West. ain't the West of five years ago. The West isn't what it used to be. No. Well, in rounding it out, James Harden is at fourth and DeRozan is at number five. Where's Paul George? Let me look. Let me oh, look. Man. Let me look. Let me look. Don't see Paul George. Mario. Not going to happen. PG-13? Mario? PG was just hurt, so y'all got to chill. Mario. It's it, only, it just, December just it's, started. <laughs> that, that, that's, that's the new, that's the new, it's November. 
You're the best, Mario. <laughs> Let's jump into our theme for the episode, The Life of Steve Harvey. Actually, his real name is Broderick. Really? Yes. Why would you go from Broderick to Steve? There was a uh, an actor um, back in the 70s whose name was Broderick, and his mother, I guess, loved that actor. He was named Broderick. So he was born in 1957 in West Virginia. Okay. His family moved to Cleveland, Ohio. And what's crazy is the, the street in which he lived on is now called Steve Harvey Way. Okay. In 2015. Graduated from Glenville High School in 1974, went to Kent State and West Virginia. Okay. And is a member of Omega Sci-Fi. And, and, and you know that most people that are, that are in that frat, frat, they let you know. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not big on on the frats. They they let you know what frat they're in. Yeah, no matter where they are, they're so happy about it. Now he's had so many odd jobs through the years. Early on, he was a boxer, auto worker, insurance salesman, carpet cleaner, and mailman. Oh wow! Yeah, so he was he was married in 1980, and multiple wives, multiple wives. Believe it or not, Steve Harvey has had. Three wives. Three wives. You only get three. That's crazy. Four, four is just being greedy, people. Three, three is what every man deserves. <laughs> so one day, what are you doing if if you have it if you're not at least on your second wife? Yeah, right. Come on. you're not doing it right. Yeah, we gotta have a have a talk with some of these these people. Well, he first performed uh, stand up um, in in Cleveland at a small club. It doesn't exist anymore. Just right around the time he got married. And so he started having problems with his wife. (laughs) (laughs) So it's all on her. He and his wife split. And what happened was he had to send her checks. Okay. And because of that. He was getting getting too too much made of the comedy groupies. And so so he wasn't wasn't getting like, um, you know, he would have a gig maybe on a Wednesday and then wouldn't have one for two more weeks. And he had to send her a check. It got to the point where he was homeless. Okay. And he slept in his 1976 Ford. And he <laughs> would shower at swimming pools and gas stations for for a, almost a year. I still do that. That's part of it. These water bills, why pay them? But when he did get a check, so let's say he had a gig on a Wednesday, he would then go get a hotel room on okay. Thursday. So occasionally he would stay in a hotel. But a couple <clears throat> came along, and I'm not sure how they met, but a guy named Rick and uh, Becky Liss, and they helped Steve out. So if if you ever see Steve's story, you'll you'll see these the, the, these uh this couple that helped him out through the years. Okay. And so what they did was they helped him out by getting him. A carpet cleaning job. Oh, okay. And they also got him a, um, a a travel agent. He was a travel agent. Okay. And so that kept him going and getting the money. So it got him got him out of traveling being... to the hotels. <laughs> <laughs> so he, here's where things kind of got going. He was a finalist in the Johnny Walker National Comedy Search in 1990. It all comes back to liquor. And and when and when he was a finalist for this, this led him. To get the hosting gig for Showtime at the Apollo. Where, where, dreams, where, where dreams come true. And I think prior to him, I have to look this up. I think, uh, what was the guy's name? Hang on with Mr. Cooper. Oh. Um, 
He was the host before okay. before uh, Steve Harvey. All right. I'm pretty sure. And then Steve Harvey got the gig, and that's where that's where things started to happen for him. Okay. And you and I often talk about the Apollo. I'm I'm such a big fan of uh, daily of the Apollo, <laughs> and we talk about some of the great performances that have ever occurred at the Apollo. First of all, why don't you set up the Apollo? Oh, well, it's a classic um, theater in Harlem, which is kind of the de facto capital culturally of of black America. But um, the TV show Showtime at the Apollo came on during the mid 80s, maybe to the late. um, I mean, it still probably comes on, but but it it was in this prominence in the mid 80s through mid 90s. And you didn't really get to see a lot of like hip-hop and R&B artists perform other than like, you know, like the award shows, the Grammys only had like the very top pop performers. So when you got a chance and you would just tune into the show, you didn't know in advance and then you'd hear so-and-so was performing. You'd be like, oh man, this this is going to be, cause we, <laughs> you got to get, you got to get basically two, two songs from, from the, the featured artists and just, just, just a lot of classic performances because like, you know, you you just didn't see these cats like oh man like like you know we gonna see MC Light perform today we gonna see you know paper thin f- f- Fresh Prince you know what I'm saying right yeah so what was was there was there a performance that stuck out for you I remember being geeked for Kid and Play um probably the the, the best was um Big Daddy Kane just because we was gonna st- steal the um Scoob and Scrap dance moves. <laughs> So when they did, um, I go to work. That that it's a, it's a move they do do um, on that, that. That me and my cat. Um, shout out to, to to Steve Panky at at Performing Arts. We used to always do. do um, <laughs> that was your dance partner. Yeah, yeah. We we had one of the scuba scrap moves mastered. So you had a dance crew. That was your. Not really, but but but. Did you have a Did you have a name? No, crew? no. We, oh. we just everybody danced back back in the day. I did. Yo, we we know. Oh yeah, and, and, and still. Oh yeah, I, I still, I still rock it. I used to dance. Uh, I, I had a, a buddy named Brian Hackworth. You remember okay. Brian? No, his dad was uh, still is I think actually a heart surgeon. And so Brian, uh, he had a he had a really nice house, but the back part of his house, his his parents when the house was built was a dance studio. <laughs> it was a it was like a they 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 built it to have like a bar. And then there was like a a dance floor area. There were swingers. But for something, <laughs> you just chime in with your. But but for some reason, it I guess the design or whatever didn't work out. So what happened was, Brian and I would would put our would put the boombox down and we would play Big Daddy Kane or whoever it was, and we would work on our dance routine. Okay. And and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about that Big Daddy Kane performance here in a second, but. We would practice our routines to get ready for the middle school dances. Okay, no doubt. So we could kill them because we knew the other two dudes we had to dance against, and we knew what they were working on. Okay. But what was so dope about the Apollo was the Apollo. This is like the theme to bring it on. (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) But here's the thing about the Apollo. You would watch the Apollo, and the way the camera was set up, you could watch Scoop and Scrap dance. Yeah, Like you could see – the whole routine. It was, it was the show. If you watch the video, 
they're in and out. So you didn't get to see the whole routine. Okay. So we would like take notes and copy yeah, almost the whole routine. Yeah. But that that's what I, that's what I, that's one thing that I did love about Showtime at the Apollo. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and when it was and the crowd was just so hype, like 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 in the heyday, it was yeah. like, oh yeah, like like like. Well, there wasn't any other way to see them. That's what I'm saying. Like like people do not realize how dope scarcity makes things. Right. Yeah. It's, it's just like like you know when you saw Michael Jackson in the 1980s. The pleasure was all yours because you because he wasn't coming up the house for six more months. So right. so so get your feel, people. Right. Well, one of the things with the Apollo was you you got to see performances that were like you would see MC Hammer. You, you could see them on, on other you know um, networks on other shows sometimes, but guys like Rockem. Oh yeah, no doubt. I mean, you, there's no other way you're going to see Rakim perform. And, and, I, and I've told you this before, Rakim's performance <laughs> to me, and what I loved about his performance, I, I thought he, 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 he rocked the house more than anybody ever has, and Big Daddy Kane did too. But one of the things that I loved about Rakim was he came out, and no matter how hyped the crowd got, he never got that hype. Oh yeah, Rock, Rakim. Rock. <laughs> he just, he just. It was like he was so cool. Rakim has one note since adulthood. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, one of the problems with Rakim being the greatest MC of all time is that he doesn't have variation of character. Rakim is the same. Period. Yeah, it no is doubt. just like like Rakim. Doesn't turn left or turn right. Rakim drives. <laughs> down. He's 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 a, a a drag racer. He's going straight down the road. <laughs> like it or not, yeah. Some of the other performances I think of: Belle Biv DeVoe. Okay, they did. I thought it was me. Man. <laughs> that was a monster, man. Cl- classic, like 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 when they played at IKEA the other day. <laughs> That's right. You were saying that, yeah. But it, the, the one thing too was you really got hip to fashion as well. Yeah, true. You know, like with with Belle Biv DeVoe, you got hip to the overalls with the spray paint and the, the hats with the the price tags on them and all that good stuff. But I thought one performance too that that stood out, and we'll talk about this guy uh, at some point during the podcast. That was Key Sweat. <laughs> Man, hey, he he would pull a lady from the crowd. It was on, and she wasn't leaving. <laughs> he wouldn't let her leave the stage, and she, and she didn't want to go. <laughs> You got to see his one performance. I can't remember what song it was. This this chick was like, just did not want to be on the stage. Like, not that she didn't want to be on the stage with Key Sweat. It was her outfit was was pretty bad. I don't think she thought I'm going to end she, up. She's got to get, get chose. <laughs> yeah, she's just she's trying to get off. Key's like, no, 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 no. Yeah. You go back. You get. It's pretty good. You get chose. You get chose. No doubt. So one of the one of the things I want to I want to jump into is Time dot com released. The ten top songs of 2016. Yeah, I thought a very interesting list and a mixture of, of of songs and artists. Obviously, we've heard of, but there were some I've never even heard of. Yeah, I, I probably wasn't familiar with like half of them. I mean, the Mac Miller song with Anderson Pack, dang, what? And I mean, you know, and, and we're geared into into you know hip hop. I'm not really a huge Mac Miller fan, but still. Dating Ariana Grande. Okay. Did you know that? Yeah, yeah. He was on, on Breakfast Club. Yeah. 
The one song called and Fake by the way, ID, I was digging. Mac Miller is DJ. Clockwork. Okay. From Cincinnati. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Well, good for him. <laughs> good dude, though. Okay. Clockwork's a good dude. Okay. Good people. So uh, you, it, it, let me uh, let, let's go through the list here, and you can kind of chime in with yeah. some thoughts. At number ten is famous Kanye West. Number nine is Dang. You got something to say about famous? The the second half of the song when they switch the beat it, it, is the coldest drop of the year. When they switch to the the, the sister Nancy, mm-hmm. but they don't rap over it; just plays itself out, and it's kind of like we just wasted the the, the dopest beat of the, of 2016. Maybe this is why, why Kanye is <laughs> the institutional. <laughs> and number nine is Dang by Mac Miller, which you just referred to. And then number eight, Fake ID. I like that. That, that was a, I wasn't hip to it, but, but that was the, the the surprise of all the, the songs they listed. And number seven, the song I like, No Woman by Whitney. Okay. It's just different. Yeah, it it's is. It's real different. Yeah. Number six, you know, you, you know, you know, I was, I told you about this one, broccoli, dram a little yachty, that's cut, that is cut. You like that, dram? That's one that slept on verses of the year when he said, um, "What's the line?" Um, now I'm eating salmon uh, on a with the bagel with the capers on a square plate, just classic. <laughs> You on your own on that one. You you got to listen to that. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm I'm not saying it doing it justice, but yeah, that, that that's a hell of a line. What's up with with, with Dram? Like his 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 face. He's a weird looking cat. His mouth is so got, so got a wide <laughs> mouth. At number five, work from home, Fifth Harmony. That was that was a garbage song in, in video. Very much so. Ty Dolla Sign. Ty Dolla Sign. He he really makes me think I can sing. Yeah, I don't really know what to make of that cat. Wale was saying about Ty Dollar is that he's just a good dude um, to have around in studio. He just brings good vibes, whatever that means. Mm-hmm. And so he's like incense. I don't know, like a human incense. I'm I'm not. I don't really. I haven't seen his his appeal yet. He's had a couple songs that that I've, you know. It's one of those people. And I, it's kind of a, a tangent of mine that I go off on, but it's like there are certain people in the game that you hear their name and you're like, eh, I'm not seeing it. Right. But damn it, they're going to give you that guy for the next five years and eventually they're going to be good sure. just because they got 20,000 plate appearances. And right. that, that's what's going to happen with, with, with Will Smith's kid. <laughs> Mario, Ty Dolla Sign. You familiar with his music? You're younger. Yeah. You are. Okay. What do you think? Uh, he pretty. I think he's a better songwriter than he is, a, like a a rapper, but or Who, a singer. Who's he written songs for? I don't know. I know he wrote a couple of things for like. I know he write more hooks though than anything. Okay. Kind of like a future. Okay. Okay. All right. What about uh, at number four? No problem. Chance the rapper. Yeah. I didn't think that was his best song. Out off. Of I love album. that song. You do. Why is that? I, I think it's the beat though. Like I'm, I'm big into like beats. I think they make up like eighty percent of the song. If you got a great beat, and it's just real catchy, you, you it's real gospel like. So, so you like Samara so when you listen to music. If it has a great beat, what what about the hook? To you, me, I I think that the beat is more important than the hook. Okay, 
So you just want to hear a good beat. Yeah. And that's that's odd coming from you because you and I vibe off the lyrics of the greatest rapper of all time, Jay-Z. But I think he has incredible beats as well. He does. He does. Okay. At number three, not above that, from Don Richard. Remember, she was the cat from uh, P. Diddy's group. Okay. Yeah. Remember the, the girl group he had? Danny Kane. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't move me at all. What, Danny Kane didn't? No, the, the, her song. Oh, no. That was an experiment. Okay. Number two, The Sound by the 1975. Decent, but I, I still wasn't, wasn't on board with that. And number one. Number one. Mario. This is the number one song, according to Time.com, best songs of 2016, Formation by Beyonce. That's the song that lost the election. <laughs> it's a strong song. It's a, it's a powerful song. It moved you? Did you Not get, me did you get in formation? But I think for a majority of, like, the beehive, as they so call themselves. Uh-huh. Yeah. They, I mean, they were down with it, so. Okay. Uh, I mean, I I didn't think it was the best song on her album. I thought um, "Hold Up" was, was the tightest, mm-hmm. and "I'm Sorry" was better. I don't know. So I mean, so so what would be your number one song of the year, Glenn? Well, the number one actual song was apparently Drake's "One Dance." The number one hip hop song this year. That we previewed on this show, and you did not respond too enthusiastic at the time. Ray Schremert, Black Beatles. We're gonna we're gonna replay that podcast. Do you remember what I said? You skipped over that one. You you like you like do yoga. I know I liked do yoga, but I liked that song as well. I said of the songs in the album. No, that, that's you said that later on. But the first time we played it, the first time we played it. No, he played he played yoga. He played Black Beatles as well. Did you play Black Beatles? Did I not like it? Yeah, I played both. Did yeah. I not like it? Did I say I didn't like it? You scoffed you were, at it. I think you preferred yoga. Over you preferred Black yoga. You 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 kind of disregarded the the number one hip hop song. I don't song know if I ever remember you saying that you didn't like it. I don't think I don't he didn't th- like it, but he but but it was just kind of like yeah okay, and then like next, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean. Black Beatles. Here's the thing with that song. I, I like the song. Obviously, it's it's it, obviously it's gone. It's gotten bigger because of the mannequin challenge, and it's a real crowd pleaser. I like the I like the hook. Obviously, the beat's good. The the lyrics to it. Whatever. That's how I feel. I still I still I I still like the yoga track. I I still like that better. I hope they do a video for that. Yeah. Would but it, my personal number one song of the year. How, wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Before you go to how would you how would you direct that video? Do yoga? Yes. We're going to Tokyo. Okay. We're gonna be in the yoga studio. Paint this picture, brother. We're gonna have um. It's gonna you know it's not gonna be nighttime. It's not gonna be the typical. Okay. But we're gonna have um. Just black and Japanese um, mixed women. And we're going to be on a wooden floor. Wait, wait. Black and Japanese or a a, a, a black Japanese girl? Multiple black, black slash Japanese girl. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm thinking a wooden floor. And I'm thinking plant life. And, and, and hijinks ensue. All right. I think I'd watch it. I, I, I want everyone wearing, wearing um, 
uh, white outfits as well. <laughs> All right. My number one song of the year, though, comes from a New Orleans rapper. Speak on it. His name is Young Greatness. And the song was entitled Moolah. That, that's my song of the year. I had over 25 million views views on YouTube. It was, it was a really? bona fide hit. But yeah, that that's just whipping the work. Interesting. You're familiar with it, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Woo! <laughs> that, was, that was your song of the year. That's probably my song of the year. But, but, you know, the year kind of has a melancholy feel and a lot of people feel anxious and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to just look at, like, the um, – if on, on January 1st we had a photo montage of the year year events. And while we do that, uh, Moolah just play in the background. <laughs> I I don't know about that one. I liked it, but – I'm just saying did, did, you, you like that song just as much five years from now. Did you think that that music just for this year, obviously at the end of this year, we've been hit with a lot of great music, I think, between Tribe and the, and the different groups that have put out recent stuff. The John Legend album actually is really good. Okay. I like that album a lot. I just listened to that the other night. Did you hear that new J. Cole song? Yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I like that. Now, Glenn hasn't been a super fan of J. Cole in no, the this, past. I, I, would, I, I put Drake ahead of J. Cole. Like of the young guys, that was always our thing. Okay, and, and, and I mean, obviously, J Cole has improved, but he he wasn't Drake three, you know, five years ago. Right. What do you think of that song? Yeah, J, J Cole's dope. I mean, he, he's he's gonna be really interesting with him, um, you know, calling out Kanye because you know that that that's that's the that was the move of the week, I guess. Have well, you never heard the warm up? Who you talking to, me or Glenn? To him, Glenn. Yeah, I've heard it. <laughs> that's arguably better than anything Drake ever put out is a is a, a whole and it's arguably not <laughs> listen I, I'm, a, I'm a fan I'm a fan of J. Cole you're a fan I, I of think, Drake I wasn't a fan of Drake early I like I like this last album I, li- I liked I think he found for me he he found that rhythm that that I like, and I've told you this before. I really thought that when he did the album with Future, it brought out a sound for Drake that I really liked. And from that point on, I've liked a lot of things Drake has put out. He's been more money lately, but I mean, but I've yeah. always, I, but he was always killing them. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he he might have a higher percentage, but I mean. I mean, it's like going from 70% to 90%. It's like, you know, what the hell? Yeah. Well, back to Steve Harvey. <laughs> <laughs> so St- Steve Harvey early on, he got a role on ABC's show called Me and the Boys in 1994, which led to the Warner Brothers show, the WB, Mario's favorite station, WB, the Steve Harvey show from 1996 to 2002. You like – you. <laughs> you Mario, you liked the Steve Harvey show, didn't you? I loved it. I, <laughs> I've seen every episode maybe five times. Really? Before. That's insane. Do you have the, the box set? No, I've watched it over the years. I don't think I've ever seen the Steve Harvey show. You haven't? Not, not oh. a complete episode. Oh, man. I, Mr. Uh, uh, Mr. Hightower, isn't that right? Yeah. Hey, the, one, the one cat died from the show. Romeo. He got shot in the head. He had his, he had his car parked, right? Yeah, he was set up. Yeah. 
I remember seeing that story on some kind of like um, it was like a you know a um, you know one of those life stories, and they were doing like multiple stars that have passed away, like you know uh, young people. And I, I I did not realize that he uh, he died. Romeo Santana. Yep. Was it uh who's Bullethead? Bullethead was his best friend. Bullethead is what 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 killed him. <laughs> I, was, I was good. Get in that. And, and and what was his name on the show? It was, um, his name was just I can't remember his real name. Okay, yeah, because he recently was on, which we'll get into here in a minute. Steve Harvey's actual uh, show that he has, his talk show on TV. We'll, we'll get into that in a second. My, my mom loves that show. Does she? Yeah, all, all moms love that show. And matter of fact, my mom is the reason that we're talking about the life of Steve Harvey. Oh wow! We were talking about the podcast, and I was talking about we do a theme, and she goes, <laughs> she felt she felt we didn't have enough Steve Harvey <laughs> representation as of yet. <laughs> So in 1997, this is where I think things really took off uh, for for Steve Harvey. In 1997, he went on a tour called the Kings of Comedy with Cedric the Entertainer, D.L. Hughley, and the late Bernie Mac. The original Kings of Comedy. Nope. Oh. The tour was called Kings of Comedy. Okay. Spike Lee came in and decided to do a film. Uh Uh-huh. And the film was called the original Kings of Comedy. Okay. That's how that all came about. But originally it was a tour, and Spike saw it and said, we're going to do a movie. How are you going to be original? You ain't the first. I don't know. That's what that's what Cat Williams said. <laughs> that's your guy, Cat Williams. Yeah, look. Is he in jail again? I hope not, but but probably. So Steve Harvey released his first book back in this was like 1997 or so called Steve Harvey's Big Time, which then he later started a variety show called the Steve Harvey's Big Time Challenge on the WB from 2003 to 2005. Have you ever seen Baby and Manny Fresh? <laughs> did you did you you seen it, Mario? I've seen anything that was on the WB. You you love the WB, Mario. I grew up with no cable, there was nothing else to watch. Hey, I feel that, man. You got a shirt with that frog on it. <laughs> I feel it. So, in, in speaking of that you said a shirt with the frog in 2005, Steve Harvey Launched his own clothing line. <laughs> Can we speak on Steve? Obviously, Steve Harvey dresses a lot better now. He's he's probably got a, a stylist on all that. Yeah, but when he didn't, when, when he didn't he, have a stylist, his his personal style was 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 um it, it was just black preacher approved. <laughs> I just, thought he was a great dresser. Just the the what? Lo- the long the super long um, sport coats with the super high lapels. That was the hallmark of of a Steve Harvey outfit. Wait, wait, wait. Mario, you just said that you loved the way Steve Harvey dressed. Yeah, I thought he was a good dresser. Bright colors. What What was good about the way he dressed? Like what What did you see and said I, I like that? I thought that he had a. I thought that his his way of thinking as far as fashion went was like futuristic. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you want in formal wear? Now you now okay, Mario. Being serious, did you not think that his suits were three or four sizes too big? Well, I mean, his suit jackets, yeah. His tailoring was 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 was, was horrendous. So you're you're saying, but the, the Mario, baggy look was back. It was in back then. But but okay, he he was on the extreme end of that. Yeah, even for that 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 time, he was it was it was it was suitable for jokes. So if do you, do you feel that if if it was tailored better? That just the 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 style in which he was putting together the if it was tailored a little bit better, 
Yeah, no, but I'm saying like the colors. Like I thought like the color coordination was okay. great. Okay. Well, my thing is of people who were prominent in, say, 1997, who told Steve Harvey, yeah, a formal wear line, that's you. Like, that's such a weird choice for a comedian that was kind of B-listed best. You know what I'm saying? Well, you got to think. Like, no one said, you know, Sinbad, you know, your your, your own uh, um, housewares collection. <laughs> <laughs> Back to your guy Sinbad. But here's the thing with Steve Harvey, though. He, he really was he was really a guy that was always, and, and I'll, I'll say that. I don't mean this in the wrong. He was always overdressed. Yeah. Right? Would you agree with that? I mean, he he, well, I mean, he was doing stuff that had, had had you probably would wear a suit, but I know what you're saying. But, I mean, it would be, there would be situations where, okay, you don't need to wear a three-piece with the, I, yeah, I with the pocket watch. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And so I think by by him being on the extreme end of his dress, that led to, okay. I it, mean, all, all props to Steve Harvey for being enterprising and, and, and getting – Steve Harvey ha, has shown um, – he ain't got to let a lick pass him by. <laughs> oh, there's no doubt about that. So so props to that. But, I mean, still, you got to kind of know, like, okay, this is – like, ultimately, we look back on the Steve Harvey line of, of formal wear and say that was utterly ridiculous. Right. Except Mario. <laughs> Mario, Mario respects <laughs> He's still trying – they're still available on eBay in, 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 in your size if you – well, the, the the thing is, Steve Harvey, Steve Harvey got a radio gig um, back in the nineties. Okay. With Radio One, he had the Steve Harvey Morning Show. Okay. So when he got that radio show, it really started to take off, and still to this day, to this day, he does the radio show. Okay. After all these years. Yeah, that that may make sense. That, that's why I thought his primary career probably was, but. Really. Yeah. I mean, well, he he's he's written the books and. Yeah, he's got the movies now. Right. Well, speaking of the book he wrote, um, the first one was Act Like a Lady, Think Like a Man. And working at a library, I can tell you that 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 that, that, that moves. That what? That moves. P- people want want them some 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 um, Think Like a Man. Yeah. Well, that, tell you. Yeah. That, well, that followed up with the movie. Yeah. With with Kevin Hart, who's 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 taking checks away from 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 our guy every time. Every time I look up, this that's just another gig Cat Williams could have been, been sitting on. And nope. Well, Steve Harvey then got to be the host of Family Feud in 2010. And we come full circle to Family Feud. <laughs> so um, he actually has – this is so ironic with – if you think about it, he's had, had three uh, three wives and stuff. He He has his own dating website. It's called Delightful to Help Women Become More Dateable. There you go. This dude does not pass up a check. And and that's so hypocritical if you've been married multiple times to act as though, you know what I'm saying? Like, like I haven't been married at all, but my dating advice hasn't proven to be flawed. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like, like that's just kind of wild that like people are like, oh, yeah. Don't jump to oh, don't jump to assumptions. You don't know that the, the marriage is ended because of Steve Harvey. But I mean, but but just the the phrase "make women more dateable" seems as if you're putting the onus 
on them way more so than, than on, you know, what he did. I mean, who knows why, why, why anyone breaks up, but I'm saying, right. You know what I'm saying? No one is going to say it's their fault. Now, now, now Steve has seven children. (laughs) (laughs) Now here's the question. Are they all by the wives? Yes. Well, actually, he has seven children, three of which are his stepchildren, but he's basically raised them. Okay. Um, I, I think the three came with the last, the last wife. Okay. But the other, but the she's, other she's fine enough to to, to accept them, to take them in. <laughs> but the other four are from the other two wives. That's a real thing too. Is the is the woman live enough that you you accept the kids? I mean, guess he, I've seen his was pretty. His, yeah, was pretty good looking. Yeah, I mean, I take it every every time. You pretty much probably upgrade. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, I don't know what his first wife looked like, but you know, it I tends to rate the wife you get when you're broke isn't gonna be as, as pretty as the wife <laughs> you get when when you're a millionaire. Right. Well, you know what's crazy about Steve Harvey is he's all around the country because he tapes. A lot of his shows. Well, he lives in Atlanta. Okay. Okay. So he tapes Family Feud and his radio show in Atlanta. Okay. But he does his show, the Steve Harvey Show, which comes on TV. He does that in Chicago. Okay. Now he announced this week that his his uh his show that he films in Chicago, they're actually moving it to L.A. Okay. I guess his ratings are. Are, are super good. Yeah, he's doing well here. So Yeah, your mom apparently loves the show, and my mom loves the show. He's the next Oprah. So, he, he, Steve Harvey's our next president. <laughs> here, here's the thing. The Miss Universe pageant. Okay. 2015. Oh, I, yeah. So, he's the host. The Miss Call. Yeah, Steve Harvey's the host, and he announced uh, Mrs. Co- Miss Columbia as the winner. But in fact, the Mrs. Philippines was the winner. Yeah, and he had to later come out and say that. And he said he he read the uh, the card the, wrong. the card wrong. But I I think, and I don't I don't know the details, but I think I don't think it was necessarily his fault. But I think he took blame for it. Yeah, I mean, he read it wrong. But the card was weird how they do it because they shouldn't announce things in the negative when you can have a chance to announce it in the affirmative. It would be as if I said, and the Oscar winner isn't right. You'd be like, what? Right. So that's kind of how he, he, he got it wrong and stuff. But in fairness, Miss Columbia probably got more props out of it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, well, think about that. The, a lot of people, the ratings were dropping for the actual yeah. pageant. So now people are all trying to watch it go on YouTube. So now he's hosting again yeah. in 2016. So a lot of people are going to watch that. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, you gotta, you got to, uh, you know, accidents end up helping out ratings, you know. No doubt. Yeah. Well, I know there's one thing you're going to be watching tonight. Yeah, if we can get home in time. Victoria's Secret Fashion Show. Yeah, I mean, it's essentially the Are you prepared super- for it? Uh, I don't know what, know what we mean by prepare. <laughs> and we won't speculate. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's essentially the Super Bowl of, of bad chicks walking back and forth down a row uh, to pop music. 
what I appreciate about the Victoria's Secret um, fashion show every year is that it's pretty much just the world's perception of who are who are the the dopest forty chicks on the planet, mm-hmm. and here they are. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? There you go. There you go, people. Right. And and then you've got you've always got the pop star, whether it's you know the person that has a new album that's out or uh, that next star. Obviously, I don't know who's performing tonight. Oh, it's a strong lineup. Oh, you've seen the lineup. We're talking Gaga. Gaga's performing. We're talking The Weeknd. Oh, that's and, and we're talking Bruno Mars. Bruno Mars is at everything. So Bruno Mars has got got sleep with five of those women in the next four days. <laughs> we're just going to assume Bruno Mars is at every event. <laughs> Pretty much, he's just Bruno Mars has reached that point in which everyone likes you enough. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you get all the invites. But yeah, it's gonna be um, it's it's always interesting, you know. Like it's, it's a spectacle, and it's almost like if you're if you're like a a real balling dude, it's like this is the selection. Like the, here are the women you have to choose from, you know, Derek Jeter, right? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and like, you know, everyone has their preferences. Like maybe you want a thicker woman, or maybe you're like five foot five and you want a shorter woman. But in general, th- th- this is this is the um. You know, this is the A list. Which right one now. do you prefer? I I I like my women probably model esque. You know what I'm saying? Like like you know, I, I'm I'm cool with a, a five foot eight chick. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Like I'm not I'm not you know discriminatory, but I mean, it's always weird. I mean, I think my my beauty standards are on point with what Victoria's Secret does. The the Brazilian chick Liza Ribeiro. Mm-hmm. That, that that's that's pretty much my wheelhouse right there. You used to be on the selection committee. Hey, I'm up for it. Mario. Mario, we want to know what type of women you like. Go ahead. I don't discriminate. That's all you got? He doesn't discriminate. He says, <laughs> that's all you got? He's cast a, lo- a wide net. So if you're listening to this, ladies, Mario's there. <laughs> Come on, Mario. You usually always have something to say. I mean, I got a it's it's a broad range. I mean, he says he like brown, black, Puerto Rican, and Haitian. <laughs> My name is Mario. <laughs> so you know, you know, hey, but it is what it is. I mean, like, what the deal is? I hate when people because I don't find I have a type, but like you know, my type is is good. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I generally don't like. Um, unattractive, hostile women. <laughs> yeah. See, and look, I, I don't mean to cut you off, but I never agree with Glenn. I rarely agree with Glenn, but <laughs> just, that's that's spot on. Yeah. Well, I mean, but yeah, like 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 you like there are dope women of of of, of who look wildly different from one another. You know right. what I'm saying? Like 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 so you see a girl that's yeah, she's short and she's white and she's, you know, Whatever, she's dope, but then you have a girl. Oh, she's she's tall, she's black, and it's just like whatever. It's like you know, it'd be what it be. But like I said, I'll tell you when I see him. <laughs> you'll you'll be watching tonight. Yeah, yeah, that that should that's that's always fun. Glenn I tape is it. Fishing tonight. Yeah, Glenn is definitely fishing tonight. These women don't know me. At, at, at best, they'll get they'll get a, a DM. You don't slide in the DMs. Yeah. Have you ever slid in the DMs? Uh. There's actually a, a chick on Facebook that, that I'm considering. <laughs> it was funny because I went to um, the mall with one of my friends, and uh, her daughter was there. And we went down to they had like um, 
in Northgate, they had like a slide. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. In, in North, wait in, the Northgate Mall, they had a slide. Northgate Mall has like a little play area for kids. Still. Yeah, still. I didn't know Northgate Mall was still open. <laughs> so, so I took a picture of her on this on the slide, and then I um, I emailed her and I put um, sliding a deal. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just a, just another player move from Glenn, ladies and gentlemen. You, you're, you're welcome to take it. Please don't try this at home. Here's another player player thing to say: when you see a woman with a child, t- I hope you have your pens and pencils ready, and and. <laughs> Act as if you're a paparazzi uh, reporter and make a mic with your, your hand and go down to the child and say, uh, who are you wearing? It is a gangbusters move on the part wait, of, wait, of wait, the woman. What? You know, on the red carpet? Yes. They ask people, who, who are they wearing? Not what are they wearing? Who are they wearing? Like what designer? Right. So if you see a woman with a child, ask the child, who are you wearing? And the mom gets the, she gets the reference. If she's if she's a, 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 a top class woman, and everyone enjoys that. that, I'm just throwing that out there for y'all. This, this this is I don't have to do this for the public, but I, but I'm doing it. Mario, doing it tonight. Mario, will you be trying this at Northgate Mall? Please, please. <laughs> Negative. <laughs> I've never I've never fished with that line. Oh, no, no one has. This, this is, these are originals. <laughs> but I'm saying that that that's top notch. That is so funny. <laughs> No, so have you tried that? Yes, you've tried it and it's worked. Oh, it's it's, it's gone. It goes over so well. It is. It's the funniest thing that happens to them all day. They'll, they'll be online somewhere telling telling their friends that, that that happened. That'll be their Facebook post for the day. It it it, it should be, and it'll get the most likes of anything they post that whole month. <laughs> now, Mario, have you ever slid into the DMs? I fished in many lakes. <laughs> Mario's on fire today, boy. Man, man, he's the new quarterback for the Eagles. <laughs> Mario, we're going to increase your time. Man, Mario's coming. Mario's getting more playing time today. Mario, so who is, I'm, I'm, and I'm going to tell you mine, but have you ever, and if you have, who is it? Have you tried to ever slide into a famous person's DMs, Glenn? Uh, no. Okay, Mario. All right, let's define famous. <laughs> do we do we go off of actual fame or do we go off of amount of followers? Yeah, well, that counts. Like if like if like if she's like an Instagram model. Oh yeah, whatever. Brittany Renner. Okay. okay, I met her. Oh, you met her. Met her in Vegas. Okay. Did you tell her you were going to well, slide the DMs? I in after I met her. Okay. And what did you say? Did she respond? She did not respond. It was on Twitter. Okay. But what did you say? Well, I mean, she she follows me on Twitter. Oh, but... she followed you? Yeah, she follows me. Oh, oh. Okay. I'm, I'm sorry. All right. I'm All sorry. Right. Yeah. Well, that, that's, that's, you know, how I many, does she follow like a ton of people or does she follow like, you know, 400, like something? No, she follow like, it's a nice amount. Not not more than she has, but she yeah, follows yeah. a nice amount. Okay. Okay. It's weird though because see here here's the thing that I could do, and it's weird. I I I I wonder if I should fully exploit it because I can draw. I could always draw a picture of a woman, and tag her in it, and that's like you definitely should. Yeah, but I mean, but 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 like, I know that that's does that come th- across creepy though? Uh, 
No, I think that they, they especially if it's a celebrity. That's what I'm saying. Oh, you, you're talking about celebrities. Yeah. Okay. That's what I'm saying. You, okay. you kind of you separate yourself gotcha. from them because like you gave them a gift. Right. But I don't really do that. But I but that is a, a weapon at my disposal if I didn't feel like that's kind of, you know, putting salt in the game. Mm-hmm. But you know that's such that's such a, a, a art to have because if I could draw, I would I would definitely do that, and then I would follow up by saying, "Hey, look what these hands can do!" LOL. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> Mario, you are no longer coming off the bench. You are starting tonight. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> that's wild. Let me. I'm gonna tell you. Let me tell you what's Mario's happened. coming wild at these. <laughs> let me tell you what's happened. So, so everyone listening, uh, Glenn has been a little sick. He's been a little bit under the weather, and he had a little bit of a, a, a coughing spell earlier. So we had to we had to pause the show. And I told Mario, you might have to step in. And do the show because we didn't know how Glenn's voice was going to be. He might have to step in anyway. <laughs> and I'm going to say we gave him confidence. Oh man, Mario was ready. He's he's in them DMs. <laughs> I'm going to have to. Uh, I'm going to have to be very honest right now. And uh, I have not. I'm going to be honest. I have not slid in any DMs of just um, like normal people. I okay. guess for using, but I have slid in a famous person's DM one time. Trying to guess who it would be. <clears throat> Christina Aguilera. No, but I might tonight. That's a good one. I'm going to write that down. Take a guess. Mario? Jessica Alba. That'd be another nice one. But no, I'll, I'll say this. She's not really famous now. She was in the past. She's probably more famous now for who she married. And I know I'll probably give it away with this one. Okay, she played sports. Okay. She was a professional athlete. Kornikova? Yes. Okay. You got it. Anna Kornikova. Yeah, that's worthy. Funny you should mention Jessica Alba, because Jessica Alba was my number one pick on the board yeah. in, in the early 2000s. Oh, yeah. By the way, like, the last time I was on vacation, well, second to last, I was in Seattle when um, Dark Angel premiered. Mm-hmm. Man, Jessica Alba. <laughs> <laughs> you were at the premiere? No, it was just on when that came. She's now like a billionaire too. That's the craziest thing. She started a company called like the Honesty Company that okay. like has to do with like um like baby items and stuff. I forget the but yeah, Jessica Alba paid way more than any of the the, the these, these acting chicks that is way better actors. I didn't know that. Yeah, eat your heart out, Meryl Streep. How about some of these some of these famous chicks that are now billionaires, not through necessarily a company they started, but through marriage? Eve. Th- through Steve Harvey. Eve. Yeah, Eve. Uh, Mariah Carey. Yeah, Janet Jackson. That's crazy. But that's what I'm saying. If you're a billionaire, you just pick who you want. Yeah. I mean, look what these hands can do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mario, you're the best. You know that? Yeah. Well, like another thing that's always funny is that if somebody is newly famous uh-huh. and you look and they don't have a bunch of followers and then you're like, oh, okay, I'm I'm getting in early on this. Hoping they follow you back? Yeah. Like if you, um, like a new show comes out and then you're looking on like Twitter, like, okay, she only got like, you know, 800 followers. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Your chances 
are, are a lot better. You're one of eight hundred as opposed to one in, in eighteen thousand. You see what I'm saying? You're dropping some gems today, Glenn. Man, I mean, people. Here, here's another dating tip for for the novices out there. <laughs> The main thing holding you back from dating a famous chick is that you're not in the city that she's in. So what are my chances of dating Jessica Alba in Cincinnati? Zero. What are my chances of dating Jessica Alba in Los Angeles? You see what I'm saying? That That's your number one move. Like in real estate, location, location, location. <laughs> so, so apply this locally. You like a girl and she's where at, you know what I'm saying? So if you know where she works at, you go to where a job is. You don't stalk her, but you go there. You, you get in front of her face. You make She has to see you. You pass by her eyes. You don't even have to say anything, but you're becoming a part of, 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 of the world in which she inhabits. I've got an idea. G- game plans. I've got an idea. Yeah. You need to start your own website. I don't know. Some of this this knowledge is dangerous if in the wrong hands. Like who? Like Mario? Yeah, like, like Mar- <laughs> Mar- Mario's got to do a lot of damage this week. Week up uh, asking asking children um, who they're wearing. <laughs> All right. Speaking of, speaking of children, he's, here. Be, he's got he's drawing women as we speak. <laughs> speaking of children, one of Steve Harvey's biggest shows right now is a show that Ellen created. Okay, called Little Big Shots. Have you had a chance to see the show? No. In which he brings on no kids. will I. <laughs> he brings on kids, and these kids basically perform different acts. They tap dance, do magic, different things like that. But he's the host, and it's kind of like. Do you remember the show? Um, I hate to bring this name up. Bill I'm Cosby. Not say, yeah, Bill Cosby had the show where you yeah, know yeah. He, he had kids on there and stuff. And so and they say the darnest things. Yeah, right, exactly. But it, it's it's very similar to that in that Steve hosted the same way that that Bill Cosby did. He he makes you laugh. He's not really making fun of the kids, but he's having fun. Yeah, he's you know. good with that. And so, uh, yeah, that's this 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 show's taken off. Obviously, if you got Ellen behind you, yeah, and she's pretty gold right now as far as as far as shows and what she's doing. Yeah. But one thing that I want to transition into, Glenn, every Sunday, I go for a five mile run, and and post a, a picture <laughs> afterwards. I do often shirtless. Yes, often, <laughs> regardless of the weather. Regardless of the weather. Yeah. Well, one thing is when you when you run, and if you run in, let's say, like when I ran this Sunday, it's 41 degrees out. Yeah. I'm layered up. Yeah. So I actually sweat more. Oh, yeah, midway. You're, you're, yeah. It's, 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 a, it's a heat wave. Oh, yeah. I'm drenched, and I'm, I'm, I'm hot when I finish. So, But prior to my run, I've been doing this about eight years, I always like listening to old R&B. <laughs> and this Sunday, I stumbled upon just a gym. <laughs> I'm, I'm typing in the search to, to figure out, okay, who am I listening to? I, I never predetermine who I'm going to listen to prior to when I get there. It just comes up. It just happens. So I'm typing in, and all the, of a the sudden. The Lord picks, the, picks your run of music. <laughs> so I'm typing in. All of a sudden, I see Keith Sweat live. <laughs> And it piqued my interest. Okay. Click on it. And I said, I got the soundtrack to this run. Okay. Key Sweat's live album, The Sweat House. The Sweat Ho- I'm sorry, The Sweat Hotel. Oh, wow. Released in 2007. And I'm telling you, growing up, I did not appreciate Keith Sweat. That's a shame. 
the the older I got, the more you appreciate Keith Sweat. Absolutely. I missed it. And it coincides with you sweating. Exactly. That, 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 that's, that's, that's you see the, how it's all coming together? That's the true linkage here. Now, now Keith Sweat, do you know where he's from? Mm, I don't know. Georgia. You would think that. I, I would think that he was from the South. Yeah. Harlem, New York. Okay. That's, that's, that's why he turned the Apollo out when he did. Keith Sweat has a weird, like, his player style is kind of like a transition from like a, what a, like, Keith Sweat is like a, a, a cool dude your, your, your auntie would bring home. <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's like a weird era of a dude. Like, okay, okay, okay he's, he's still enough cool that he's not corny now. It's not like the cat daddies who, who you see like we're older. You're like, oh, this, right. this, this dude right here is just a character. Right. <laughs> Which there are plenty. Like no. if you see if you have any older relatives, women, and the guys that they, they date, you like these are some characters, right? Characters welcome TNT. Now, Keith Sweat had hits. Oh no doubt. And listening to his live album, I don't, I was just like, how did I miss this growing up? How, how did I miss these hits? <laughs> and Glenn, one of your favorite, and, and it's different too when you hear him. Sing it live. Okay. I mean, you appreciate it so much more. <laughs> Him talking to the crowd, it, it, it's gold. But one of your favorite Keith Sweat songs is Twisted. Oh, yeah. Fe- featuring Cut Close, who, who, <laughs> who, never, who never had anything before or since. But, but, but you, you might not have to when you have Twisted on your resume. Talk, talk to us about Twisted. Uh, just a powerhouse R&B jam of the 90s. Um. With a a, a a a video that had um um a, a crime like a a, a detective theme maybe mm-hmm. it was like a, a crime scene that was investigating the girl he was with ultimately um is shot on a fire escape for for whatever reason I don't know <laughs> but yeah this is just a jam like this this, this is a a a, a jam in its purest sense yeah. Got some flutes in there. <laughs> so what you gonna do? Here we go. If you can't listen to this in your 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 um. 1995 Cadillac Alante. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you, what you're doing. Yeah, that that definitely was the jam. That was one of his. Uh, that was one of his. I think probably one of his top songs. Yeah, I think that that probably was his biggest hit because that came off maybe the second or third album, and that was like the yeah. I think the 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 one that you know, I like guess weird when people blow up, and then when they drop the new album, the new song is the one that that does the best. Right. Yeah. That that and um nobody. Okay. That's got to be. Now, th- this actually is the first time I think we've done this segment, and Mario is totally hip to the artist that we're talking about. Mario, you like some yeah, Key Sweat? Yeah, I love Key Sweat growing up. Yeah. I think Twisted was actually the first, like, song that I knew, like, every word to, like, as far as, like, R&B. Uh-huh. You were feeling it. Yeah, big time. 
he DMs twisted lyrics to to <laughs> to, to uh, famous women all the time. He's going to tonight. <laughs> my fa- my favorite, and I, and I don't disagree that that twisted is is not his best song. You, you better than that. My 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 favorite <laughs> is "Don't Stop Your Love." Okay. And and sometimes when you hear a song, and it's and it's in a different form, like you you see him perform it live, like on TV. When I saw him perform this, it changed. It, oh, it, it, <laughs> it was a good. Oh, no. <laughs> this is just music yeah. your, your aunt's going to love. Yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a groove, isn't it? <laughs> they don't produce songs like this anymore. No. You know, um, he wrote it, but believe it or not, our guy Teddy, Teddy Riley. Yeah, I was about to say. Oh, yeah. Hey, pump that hook up. Yeah. 